Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And today I'm joined by Louis Grenier. Louis is the founder of the popular contrarian marketing podcast, Everyone Hates Marketers, which has reached over 1 million downloads with no ads. He believes that radical differentiation is the antidote to marketing bullshit. Louis, a warm welcome to the show, Squire. How are you doing? Bonjour, bonjour. Uh, I'm very good, thanks, and glad to know we have the exact same microphone. Good times, good times. Sure, is a is a must have. Recently upgraded, upgraded from the I think it was Blue Yeti, so it's uh, it's, it's, it's the sounding traditional sharp. path, isn't yeah. it? Uh, and I don't know for you, but for me, the reason why I bought this one is because I wanted to achieve this kind of radio voice, this grain. Yeah, uh, and, yep. and I know it's the same for you, right? And that's a marketing lesson right there. The reason why you bought this is not because it had more features or whatever. You wanted to have a radio voice like uh, Seth, uh, I'm going to forget his last name, just like me. <laughs> I think you've actually, without boring our listeners and tuners in too much, I think you've actually got one better version than me because I've got the podcast version, the MV7, and I think you've got the SM7B. Um, so I've got the kind of uh, gamers version. <laughs> right. You've got the cl- classical one. But with that said, sir... We're going to be talking all about how everyone tuning in can really make their offering stand out um, when no one, not even the experts, want to share the secrets, want to sh- share the insider information. Um, we're going to diving into what radical differentiation actually means, Louis. So I'd love really, first and foremost, if you could give us a bit of background, what, what radical de- differentiation is and what it really means. So it's a business strategy, these guys, mm. as a positioning method to make your business or to make your product or service uh, the only choice in a specific category so that you stop thinking of competing against our competitors, but more think about how do I serve a very specific group of people and be the only solution for them. Uh, And it goes way beyond marketing from the sense that people tend to understand it, which is like, here is a product and now market it. It's really looking at the product that you offer the service you offer, the market that you serve, the things you do, the things you're not going to do, the way you're going to promote everything in a congruent way so that it feels like it's just like it's just engineered so that it's radically different in, in, in one specific attribute. And the term has been, uh, was coined by Marty Neumeyer, who's the author of Zag, which is a fantastic book. Gotcha. Okay. So we're talking about serving a, a small group of people rather than appealing to the masses. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, when when I say that, if you're number one in your category already, like let's say if you're a web hosting company and you're number one in your category, hmm. um, radical differentiation doesn't really matter that much. What matters at this stage is mental and physical availability, which means that you want more and more people in your category to know about you. And it doesn't have to be crazy different. It just, you need to pump your money that you get from your sales of being number one into uh, making sure that more and more people remember you 
and build mental structures in their head in a sense. Radical differentiation is extremely useful. If you are a smaller business, a solopreneur, a consultant, and you want to grow market share within a very saturated category uh, so right. that you can quote unquote cross the chasm. And then once you reach a certain size, differentiation doesn't matter less and less uh, until you milk the cow, until profit goes down, and then you need to reinvent yourself. And then it, the cycle starts again. Awesome. Well, that's going to be useful. I'd love to chat through a bit more about how how us tuning in or how even I can steal some of these ideas when we're in a saturated market, like you say, because most of us are, whether we've started a company, the chances are there's a ton of other companies trying to Absolutely. do exactly what we do and, and make money. So we can jump into that in a sec. Um, but why should we go down this route when there's plenty of other traditional or more common marketing methods don't they work just as well, Louis? Or is, is, should we should we put all our all our money in the or uh, all our eggs rather in the radical differentiation basket? They don't work that much. Uh, I mean, it's it's something that people get very intuitively. Just look at the number of choices in a category. Look at the number of the companies that can be started today with a laptop, a, a, an internet connection, and a brain. And mm. it's very easy to see how difficult it is to actually be the choice for others. If you're an entrepreneur, a founder, a marketer, you understand that very easily, that obscurity, that doing what everyone else is doing is not going to cut it. And this is the problem of the century for you. Like, it's not going to change. You're going to need to know how to stand out. And the problem is that no one really talks about the how. People talk about the why, like I'm doing now, but they never talk about the next step, which is, yeah, but how do I actually create differentiation? That's how do I turn away from thinking it's risky to knowing that it's the only way? So... It's not, radical differentiation is not like a buzzword that is going to stop being used in two years' time. It's a problem that is always going to be there. And the solution is, is to do this in a way. Um, you can't get away with it or else you just, unless you want to, a nice little size business, struggle to get leads, just get them from referrals, word of mouth, you know, um, then, then by all means do this. But I think intuitively, people understand the fact that you need to do something different or else you're just going to face obscurity. Yeah. 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 And that, that all does make sense. Um, so I think we should probably jump into it. I mean, what are the, what are the things we need to consider before we implement a strategy or perhaps caps go through some of the core elements of what's actually involved in radical differentiation. And then we can perhaps dive into the topics in a bit more depth if that's works for you, Louis. Yeah, so I'm going to put you on the on the spot a bit. Uh, so mm. for this, you need to to stay to stay with me because I'm looking at just myself and it's a bit weird. Mm. So let's let's stay let's stay together, right, for a second. So the radical differentiation formula is the intersection of three things: the market that you serve, the value you bring them. Value, I hate the word everyone is using it, but basically the specific pain you solve or this, that specific sure. thing you do for them, sure. and the category you're in. Right. Okay. So let's take your example, uh, your company. So it's Web Choice UK, right? That's what right. do you do? So we basically help businesses um, build websites or SEO strategies to generate leads and sales. Okay. And do you serve worldwide or do you serve in the UK? Yeah, all, all over really. Mainly okay. UK, but probably about 10% outside. Mainly UK. Okay. Um, so that's a typical textbook example of, depending on your objectives, of... Um, doubling down on something so that you become the only um, because based on that simple description there's probably thousands of companies doing the exact same thing right so oh, probably more than that yeah 
tons. So the first thing that is a bit counterintuitive that I make people go through beyond challenging your mindset and knowing that this is actually the, the only way to go, uh, I, I'm not necessarily going to spend time on this because it's not extremely practical and there's other, other stuff sure. that are more important, is the market that you serve. Um, and so what I make people understand is that you need to spend time with your existing customers. So one of the core exercises that, that I would challenge people to do and what I would challenge you to do right now, for example, is to make a list of all the customers that you have, past and existing, and list them and, and, and um, sort them in terms of four criteria. Um, do you like working with them? Does it give you joy? So joy is the number uh, is, is one of the biggest. Okay. Uh, does it bring you good money, profit-wise? And so I don't mean just are they giving are you getting a lot of revenue, but are you making profits? Like is it healthy? Do you have access to them? So when you think of like companies in specific industry that you serve, do you tend to know where they hang out? Do you have a list of people in your email that follow that? You know? Um, yeah. and so and the last one is the pain. Do they have a bleeding neck problem? Is it literally when they came to you, were they in the shit? Did they really need to improve their SEO? Or did they just take you because you know you got recommended, but it wasn't like something massive? Like they didn't really care whether or not you would work, right? So I make people do that to understand that not only do you not serve everyone, far from it, you serve a group of people who fit this criteria of you need to know that they have a pain, that they can pay you good money. You have access to them. People forget. And for and finally, you need to enjoy this. Like yeah. As a business owner, whether or not you're on your own or not, doesn't matter. Like life is short. You need to also be able to make money and enjoy the work. So anyway, I make them go. You, you would sort those uh, through those clients. And what you'll start looking at is patterns. Okay. So you start looking at, okay, what is in common? What do they have in common? Are we mostly serving industries that are complex? Are mostly like are the VPs of marketing coming to us? I mean, it's the brain is a beautiful tool for that. Pattern recognition is like absolutely fantastic. Uh, so let your brain sit in. And the mistake that people make is they jump in straight away into demographic, filmographic. They think you need to sort them by types and industries and category and roles. Right. But I would challenge you to think more in terms of psychographic. What type of things do they believe? What do they believe? What do they like? What do they want to do? That they have in common, and then what I'm saying. Are we saying do... more objective-based than industry-based and job sector-based, or yes, it's beyond just objective. You also want to dig into the belief system that they have. Like, for example, for me, the people I serve the most are people who believe that most marketing is bullshit, right? And the people who tend to believe that tend to be solopreneurs, copywriters, brand directors, people who've been burned by the corporate world. You know. Mm -hmm. And so it's what tends to happen when you do this is like you think of role first and then you try to look at, okay, and now how do I retrofit objectives and whatnot? But the best okay. way to think is the other way. So, and then what I would challenge you to do is talk to those people and instead of just selling them anything, just try to understand why they went with you in the first place, the journey from start to finish. Talk me through the very first time you ever thought about potentially hiring a SEO agency just to create this category. Sure. Who did you look? Uh, how did you find across? Uh, how did you find us? Uh, what other companies did you compare us to? What made you pick us rather than a competitor? Um, what is the one thing you're able to do now that you weren't able to do before? All right. Those questions, the way to visualize it is like this kind of journey 
that you paint on behalf, like by extracting this insight from them, you're painting this painting of the journey people uh, usually take from you, take uh, discovering you. And so you use that data as kind of Lego bricks to build your structure. So out of those questions, you basically have competitive alternatives, the type of things they compare you to. You have the uniqueness, which is the one thing they love the most about you. You have the way they describe you to a friend, like the category. Um, whereas they use, you have so much data, they can like move on uh, to the next step. The, the, that's frankly the, la- the laziest way to identify your market that you really need to serve is to talk to them and identify those kind of patterns. And, and then Louis, you need to permit. Yes. What Sorry. about if we're a fresh business and we don't yes. necessarily have any customers to do this with? Great question. So what you would need to do is find people. And that's incredibly important. And thank you for asking because I forgot to mention that. It's incredibly important to talk to people who've already crossed that bridge, meaning they've already spent money on a company or service that is similar than yours. So do not, I repeat, do not talk to people who never hired an SEO agency. Even if you don't have customers, do not try to get data from people who never hired something to do the job because they never had skin in the game and they never had a bleeding neck problem that made them pay for for a solution or pain that you're solving. So even if you're only starting out, try to find people who went through just to take the SEO agency as a category and look at the type of uh, uh, people who bought one in the past and on what made them decide to start looking. What was the pain? What made them like say, okay, I need to do something, right? So as easy. Now, you might not have as much data on what makes you unique, obviously, but that's fine because identifying what people, why people make a decision is, is way more important than, uh, than that. So once you have that, you need to commit to a specific market. And so that's the, the thing that I picked up on. And I don't need to like uh, analyze your business, but I think it's a perfect example. And I think it's I'm more- I'm happy for you too, man. We, we, we get analyzed all the time on the show. There's a, there's a chap called Josh Braun that came on one of the very, very earliest episodes. And he laid into our, I think it was our intro actually. Um, okay. But it gave some really good feedback. So I'm always, I'm always open to, nice. to what I guess. So, when you mention we basically serve pretty much everyone, right? Like that's roughly what you said, you know? And it wasn't far off. <laughs> it is one of the enemy of radical differentiation because you can't do a service for everyone and be different because it just doesn't work. You, you're not a big company with a massive market share where you can use that growth and, and movement to, to grow and grow further. You don't have this dynamic. So you sure. have, if you want to grow, the only way is to use the beachhead Kind of strategy which is you go one step at a time you pick a market that is small enough that you can own and defend and then you move on to a bigger one to a bigger one to a bigger one to a bigger one and far too often folks think that they're going to miss out on opportunities by doing this in mm. fact if you try to gather to cater to everyone straight away you are shooting yourself in the foot because you are never going to be able to be the only choice for a portion of the market and therefore you will never have the revenue and reputation to grow so that's the counterintuitive thing. So it's from a book called Cross the Chasm by Geoffrey Moore. It talks about beachhead strategy, but it's roughly the same idea of pick a minimum viable market, own it, defend it, fucking use that revenue to grow further, pick a bigger market, you get it. So for yeah, you... I think, 
you, I was Go just going to say, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. Really, we we've probably been guilty of it, and I'm sure a lot of other com- companies face I that think. exact dilemma where they think we want to appeal to everyone because we don't want to turn business down. But interested to hear more in terms of the approach about which I think you're probably going to get into before I interrupt you, how we target that niche and how we realize what we can do excellently, what we can do really well, rather than trying to appeal to to everybody. Well, I think let's reverse back about, let's think about why you have me on the show. Because you you looked at the top 50 marketing podcasts and, 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 and whatnot. The reason why everyone has marketers is in the top 50 is not because I did a podcast for every marketer interested in marketing. It's because I went super niche, not in terms of psycho, uh, demographic and filmographic. I didn't say it's a podcast for marketers in SaaS. It's a podcast for people sick of marketing bullshit. And that's the psychographic. I led with that. And that's a small enough niche that I could actually dominate. And frankly, there's enough to do. I don't even need to grow in a bigger market. And the program that I offer and all of that are for people like that. And they tend to be people like you. They tend to be solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, founders, the senior VPs, like VPs of marketing in bigger businesses. But they tend to be like you. And so... By leading with psychographic, it makes it it's easier. So the next step, once you talk to people and pain the journey, is to look at patterns and say, okay. And that's an important question. Are there any differences in the market that I can take advantage of? Right. Is there a group of people out there that is being underserved, that is that has a pain that is not being solved that well? Is there something out there where I could jump into and say, hey, I'm here for you, I'm here to serve you. And all of that will lead to expertise, more confidence, uh, a depth that you can't achieve by trying to target everyone. And in return, people will pay you more, trust you more uh, and refer you because they can put you in a box. And so frankly, at this stage, if I'm looking at you compared to all of the other agencies, I can't see any difference. But if you start to say, just a rough example, that you're only for like, ambitious solopreneurs in the medical fucking sector, you take advantage of the dynamic of a niche of a group of people who know each other, you have access to them, maybe you could start a newsletter only for them and the ball gets rolling faster. So you, when you have a heart issue, when you have a, a, a tooth that is painful, you don't go to your GP, you go to the dentist. And that's the thing that that we forget. We, we say that to others, but we don't do it ourselves. People see... Uh, and know that you can be trusted when you specialize. And I don't mean in a sector necessarily. You can specialize in solving a specific pain like I'm doing. Radical differentiation is industry agnostic, but it's a very specific problem. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So in terms of just to dive a bit deeper into defining that niche. So you mentioned we need to look at patterns. So I guess if that's if we've got customers that have had specific problems that I suppose follow those point four points from the start that we enjoy working with, that are generating profitable revenue, that we've got access to more of the similar clients, um, yep. and have a, a hefty neck. I can't remember the term you use, neck bleeding pain that we can fix. Bleeding neck, bleeding neck pain. Um, so, yeah, essentially, kind of thinking that I've got a bunch of customers in this sector that fit all that criteria. Let's hit that niche and go all in there so 
once you know that this is this is what you want to commit to, uh, to be sure, you can calculate their market size. Like that's something that people are scared about. What if it's too small? Well, mm. calculate the market size. You have two ways to do it from bottom up or, or top down. Bottom up is basically you start with your own list in your email, in your groups, the audience that you have and start thinking, okay, based on what I have, how many can I get? Right. And top down is looking at industry report and data and say, okay, out if I want to just go about dentists, how many dentists is there in the UK? If I get a penetration of like 1%, so if I serve only 1% or 0.5%, that will give me way more than enough. And usually gotcha. that eases up the pain of oh, what if, you know, we're going to starve. We're not like, we're, it's not going to work out. Uh, another way to be sure is to look at direct competitors. By, by direct competitors is list down the companies that solve the exact same problem for the same group. Are there more than five that you can find? If so, it means that it's a validated market and that you can be, be there and have fun in it. If there's like more than 200, then it, there's a, like it's, it's a rule of thumb, but usually that, that means it's not specific in one dimension enough. Right? Yeah, makes sense. So once you have that market, the next step is to mobilize people in a way. What, what I like to make people do then is to identify the monster. And the monster is the thing that make people uh, take action. It's it's like you point the finger at something else that is a threat to their existing situation so that right. you motivate them enough and mobilize them enough to move to the next step and cross that bridge. So it's like the David versus Goliath story. It's like pointing the finger at an enemy is a very nice way to, to, to contrast and explain what you do without even saying what you do. Okay. Because what you're fighting against people understand that by definition, because you're fighting against that, you do the, you do the other thing. So like I used to work for Hotjar, which is a web analytics company. And sure. the enemy that we picked, the reason of their pain, the reason why they wanted to go with us is because traditional web analytics, like Google Analytics, we are never, we're not giving them what people were actually doing on the websites. It kept them in the dark because they were only right. using numbers. And so Hotjar was kind of the next step and we're not saying we should stop using web Google Analytics, but we said you need something else as well. And so by framing it this way, by just simply saying, hey, those tools don't let you see what people actually do on your website and you're missing out, you will understand straight up that what, I, what, what I'm doing is giving you that answer. And so it's the principles behind conspiracy theories, meaning conspiracy theorists have a high level of anxiety, like your buyers in general, and to understand the world around them, because it's such a chaos, they feel the need to point the finger at something that is represents the chaos, represents the reason why they're in pain. Okay. And this is the same thing in, in, in people's, like everyone is anxious about big purchases and finding an SEO agency. And by saying, hey, it's not your fault if you're feeling that pain, if you have this bleeding neck, it's because of that reason, because of this change and whatever. It frames the discussion about, I'm here to help you and I understand you instead of, uh, those competitors are shit. All right. Well, that that's a nice example that you, that you use for Hotjar, um, explaining it's the next step on from Google Analytics. If we want to identify the monster for our own business, is yeah. there a set strategy what, that we should undertake in terms of how we can get this little golden nugget of information and then use it, whether it's on our website, our marketing material, or brand messaging, or wherever we want to put it? Yeah, so... Um... Step one would be to list what causes your people's pain. Like if they go, if they seek your service, what is the initial pain that they had? Is it because their rankings were uh, going down? Is that the major thing? And so if you have that, 
then you can start amplifying and ask yourself questions. What do you believe is causing that pain? Why are they losing rankings? Uh, what gets in the way of reaching their purpose? Um, what are they the most sick of hearing? For example, what are the tired cliche in the industry that might cause them pain? Which, by the way, is an interesting question to ask that I forget to say. What are the cliches? What are the pet peeves that you have with uh, about our category? Is a beautiful question. It gives you a lot it's, of bricks, a lot of things. Ah, that's use. our customers' pet peeves of the categories, right? Yeah, it's like it's what your customers would say about ACO agencies traditionally, and what gotcha. they say there. You can use one of them and go all the way. And if they all say that, I don't know, they are they are greedy and all never have uh, high their price, uh, never show their price. That you could go all in and say, let's show our price. The price is what it is. We're never gonna like uh, change it. You know that kind of stuff. So I like that. Yeah. You ask yourself those questions. You look at overall trends as well from a monster perspective. So what's interesting to look is, are there any systemic changes in the culture, in the society, in the industry that you're in that might cause people pain? Are there okay. like political changes, societal changes, cultural changes? Uh, like coronavirus is a typical, absolutely gigantic social, societal change that is causing people a lot of pain and businesses a lot of pain where they had to move online. And right, you, you get that, right? Sure. And then you need to pick one. And that's the, the idea of committing is the same. You need to commit. You need to commit to one. And you can't just average them out and, and say, well, the big monster is Google algorithm changing all the time, but it's also COVID, but it's also whatever. My biggest, uh, biggest advice is just to pick one. You can mention the others later on, mm. but really pick the one that gives you the most energy, that people understand the best, that really helps you to frame what you do very well and say, hey, we are here to help you out of this and fight this monster with you. Um, and usually the statement is basically this. It's this monster causes that pain because of that reason. Simple. And by just saying that word, that those words together, you'll see that like, say, oh yeah, no, that's true. And they feel understood. And it's not a discussion anymore about like direct competitors and why you're better, because that's not really what people care about. They want to be understood. Um, so that, that helps you to shape the rest. So once you have that monster, you can engineer your differentiation. Okay. And once you have, so you have that market now that is very specific. You have a monster that you're framing things against. And now what you want to do is engineer this formula, like the only category that does this thing for that group of people. So what I tend to encourage people to do here is to gather the data you already have. So those Lego bricks that I mentioned before, like yep. all the little things that you got, pick a category and be very specific. So if you are only SEO agency, let's say, pick that category and list down everything that is that tends to be done in that category. So what do they say? What do they not say? What do they do? What do they don't do? Very important. People tend to just look at what they do. What are they not saying? What are they not doing? What are the cliches, the, the things that people hate? Make a list and look at the top three, five that you really like, that you feel could be challenged, and ask yourself, what can we do to challenge or remove uh, in that in in that expectation of you know those conventions in an SEO agency, can we focus on that very specific pain and offer just one that that service and stop being the all-in-one service for that group? Can we become like this, the only SEO agency that does audits within six hours for dentists or you know, like needs to be like sharp, right? So yeah, you select so those. Okay, so finding a way you can stand out from your competition. Yeah, but it's really. It's 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 the the core keyword here is not adding, it's removing. 
and that's a mistake that people right. do. They tend to try to add as many shit as possible on top of it. Um, by removing as much as possible, you're going to shed light on the positive and people will rationalize the negatives, meaning they'll know that you don't do that many things, but they expect that those things that you do are fucking good, premium, <laughs> and you can charge higher for this, right? And that's the beauty of it. Like there's this uh, burger joint in Dublin that is the best in Dublin by a long mile because they only do one burger, beef burger, Right. That's it. No chicken burgers. They only serve one beer, one type of beer, one type of soda. Their menu literally is a business card. And by removing everything else, chicken burgers and whatever else, even the design, like they go all the way congruently. It's not just the fucking menu. It's the restaurant itself. It's the way they approach the staff and whatnot. They are able to say we're the only burger joint that gives you this kind of organic meat and like beautiful juicy burger that you can't get anywhere else frankly you can't so they don't even need to say they're monster explicitly they're monster are like the traditional fast food restaurant that just provide uh, factory like horse shit so you see like think about what's important in this process is look at the type of services and products you've, you've bought in the past and pay attention to the way they've done it chances are the one that you really admire those brands that you love those artists that you love all do it like daft punk in a completely different industry, look at the things they have done and what they haven't done. They've only produced four live albums. They've only produced themselves live a handful of times. Everything they've done has been thought about so well. Like no iPad music, like no bullshit. It's just so streamlined all the way to the, the way they hide their faces. It's just congruent from start to finish. So if you think about it this way, you'll understand that what is interesting is what is not done by people, not necessarily what is done. Um, and once you've achieved that, you have to commit. You have to fucking go for it, full force. That means you stop being an SEO agency like any other in the UK that serve any type of people. You become the only SEO agency that serve that group of people and that does that thing, you know, or that helps them do that thing. And usually clarity becomes evident then. People are just like, oh, okay. They feel relieved. They don't have all those choices in front of them. They mm. feel like, fuck, this, this is good. And I know this is not going to be forever. Like I'm going to use the money and reputation I'm going to build and credibility to once I have nailed that market and people know me inside, I'm going to just develop another product with the money I have using the same principle. And this is how it works. Every company that are super famous right now started that way. They, you, you just can't do it any other way. Physically, from a psychological, stand, uh, psychological standpoint, that's how people discover things. You can't hack that. It, it just just can't work. Interesting. And do you think this can work for, you, you said, Louis, it's best for kind of smaller businesses, new businesses, entrepreneurs. Can it work for companies that have been going a long time, companies that are perhaps mid-sized, larger scale, enterprise? Is it is it across the board that you can use this framework? Yes. I mean, it's basically marketing 101, these guys as a business strategy, mate. I mean, it's literally diagnosis, strategy, tactics, the good old, like, looking outwards, stop looking at your at your belly button, uh, identifying where you can go, where you shouldn't go. So that's the strategy. And tactics is the set of things you're going to do. So absolutely. But the main thing to understand is that if you're number one in a category, you are going through a force that is very good for you, which which is called the double jeopardy law. That is uh, 
that is called by Baron Sharp from the, the Higher and Baron uh, Institute of Marketing that says the higher your market share, the slightly more loyal your clients, the slightly more light buyers you have, meaning like people who don't necessarily buy that many times from that category, and the more money also they bring to you. And so in the other way, the smaller you are, the more you are against those forces. And so you have to do something drastically different to capture the attention of people. And once the ball starts rolling faster and faster, uh, you can lean on that strength of yours to just grow and grow. So I virtually, I can't think of any scenario where that can't work. For yeah. job hunt, if you're looking for a job, you can apply the same thinking for dating if you want to, for a new podcast if you want to. It doesn't matter. And that's the beauty of it. It's because it's based on first principles of marketing. Gotcha. No, that all, that all makes sense. And when it comes to, let's say we've perhaps already got a business, perhaps we've really niched down in terms of exactly who we want to serve and what we want to do. Perhaps we've reduced our product line or our services and we've just focused on doing something really great, really well that we believe there's only a handful of companies doing. When it comes to actually bringing that to market, is the should the approach be different in terms of I don't know whether we're doing digital marketing, whether we're doing more traditional marketing, whether we're using social media. Um, does radif radical differentiation, does that vary when it comes to actually bringing it out there and getting in front of um, idle customers? Well, it's the same principle, which is you need to say a few things and tell them very well. People are so afraid of like missing out on a specific message that they tend to just say everything at once. Focus on one thing at a time. Mm. People don't have fucking time for you. So just w say one thing, say it well, instead of trying to say five things. Um, so that's, that works. The core things that I tend to advise people at this stage is now that you know your market very well, you tend to know where they hang out. You know intimately where they are because you have access to them. You know what they like, what they don't like. Things get much easier at this step. You're not like lost into like, oh my God, what should we do? Should we start a podcast? Should we start a blog? Should we advertise? Should, you know, who do you even talk to? Like you stop all, all of those questions and now it's like, okay, I know who are my people. I know what to tell them. I know what I can offer them. It's the best fucking thing that I can do for them. Where are they? Let's let's go. You know. So the biggest advice I give, I give at this stage is to share a gift. And so I don't mean a PDF okay. as a lean magnet. It's way beyond that. It's a thing you can generously give to people to either alleviate their boredom, so they're they're less bored, right. uh, educate them a bit, like teach them something they didn't know, make them laugh, something like that. Okay. And it could be a TV ad. It could be a radio ad, it could be an ebook, it could be a podcast. Um, it doesn't matter as much as generously giving something first before expecting to get. And that's something people tend to forget a, a lot. So yeah. how generous can you be? Is there something you can share with the world that competitors traditionally are afraid of sharing? How... Um, can you use authority around you is another thing. Like, can you lean on other people's network and expertise in order to get um, your point across and share that gift? Um, can you do a series around it? Like, is it evergreen? Is it something you can do over and over again? This is why podcasting is very popular right now. It's because yep, it fits this idea of a gift, right? Got it. Okay. So look at something kind of useful that competitors aren't doing that you can give away to that industry as a, as a nice little gift. And yeah, that makes sense. I suppose if you've done the, the customer interviews properly, you're going to know, like you said, where they hang out, how they found you, and where other people just like them are going to be. So the research is already done. So you don't need exactly. to worry too much about 
looking into new marketing channels, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and, and unlike anything I mentioned before, stick to one, see see if that works, and then and then move on. But chances are that you don't have the luxury of hedging your bets. Like if you have a 10k budget, don't fucking spend one thousand in one channel, one thousand in another. Like nail one core message you want to like, go after, and just pick one or two channels that you know like people hang out on, and just fucking go all in. You know. Got it, Louis. Really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much for your time, sir. And with that, please do tell us more about how we can learn from you, a bit about the podcast and any courses you would like to promote, sir. Thanks for asking. So just go to everyonehatesmarketers.com and you can sign up to my newsletter on differentiation. Um, And the podcast is the same name, Everyone Hates Marketers. Um, And the last thing is my eight-week high-intensity program that I run twice a year for people who want to radically stand out um that's the next one this is september it's called stand the fuck out stand the fuck out indeed louis thanks very much for coming on dude appreciate it thank you cheers and if you enjoyed the show be sure to hit subscribe wherever the heck you get your podcast from it's business growth show and we interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing sales with a view to help you grow your business and with that we should catch you on the next episode Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.